welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. So great to see you this morning. As I say every single week, I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. I cannot wait to be with you again. I want to welcome all of our extended family, our community, of course, and all those that are new with us watching online. We want to welcome you. Let us know in the chat where you're watching from. Share some comments, like, subscribe, share the video. We'd love for this to get out to more people as we continue to reach Uh, the online world with uh, amazing, powerful experiences like this every single week at Kingdom Culture. You know, today we're launching a new three-week series. If you've been tracking with us for some time now, we've been in the same series, Revive 2020, for I feel like it's been six months at least. And so now we're launching into a new three-week series called Let's Go Back a Bit. Let's go back a bit, and we're going to be exploring a little bit about things that God has said in the past and how we are to continue to um, uphold them, apprehend them, pray through them, and into them so we can see those things that God has spoken in the past come to pass in our own life. I want to say this at the forefront, that every message ultimately is prophetic in nature. Every message has and carries a promise of of strength and a promise of wisdom if it is applied. I mean, we're preaching the word. And so every time we dive into the word, it's like a seed into our life that when it gets watered, produces uh, some sort of fruit, which produces a harvest in our life. That's the goal of God for us, that we would apply the living word each and every week to our life. So in a sense, every word is prophetic. And once again, if you've not been tracking with us, When I say prophetic, I simply mean what God is saying, sharing the heart and the mind of God with uh, those around us or into situations. That's simply what uh, a working definition of the prophetic means. And so as we launch into this three-week series, let's go back a bit. What we're doing is we're going back and combing through over the last several months some of the key prophetic words, things that we feel or messages that we feel God has really spoken as a now word that he wants us to apprehend and make sure that we are re- are being reminded of as we move forward. And so we're going to highlight them. I'm actually going to watch them and uh, I haven't pre-watched them. So you're going to see my reaction really live to what it is that I'm saying. Yes, I'm going to watch myself. Um, but we've selected three specific messages over the next three weeks. And we're going to do some commentary. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be uh, engaging. But I ultimately believe that it's going to be encouraging for us moving forward to really apprehend and uphold the things that God has promised over our lives. Now, we need to pray through this stuff, you guys. We need to believe and stand. And so it's so important as we move forward in this next season that we don't forget what God has said. It's very easy to look forward and say, oh God, what are you saying now? What are you saying now? Sometimes what God is saying now is what he already said. Go back and look. What did he tell you? What did he say? What were some of the weighty prophetic promises in the past so that we can position ourselves in the present. So to start it off, I want to actually open up with a scripture out of James chapter 5, verse 17 to 18 out of the message translation. It says this, Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything 
everything started growing again. What an amazing verse for us in this season. But what I want to just give you a little bit of context for is what James is actually talking about when it comes to Elijah. What do you mean he prayed for rain and it happened, and then he prayed or prayed against rain, or, or that it wouldn't rain and it did not rain, and then he prayed that it would rain and it did. Well, James is referencing uh, in this passage uh, uh, or a prophecy, two prophecies actually, one found in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah the prophet prophesied that there would be a drought, that there would be some sort of a, uh, a drought where it would not rain for a specific amount of time. Then if you fast forward into 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 to 45, you can read it there. It talks about how he then told Ahab, King Ahab, get your chariots ready. It's going to rain, okay? I hear the sound of a mighty uh, a rainstorm coming, and so it's going to rain, so get ready. So he prophesies that it's not going to rain, and then he prays about, uh, and then he prays about that, and then he prophesies that it's going to start to rain, and then he goes and prays. And now we're going to dive into that a little bit. But I want to say this at the forefront: there are three important practices around prophetic words and or promises over our life. Number one is follow up. Okay, follow up. Number two is accountability. And number three is positioning. Now, when I say follow-up, I'm talking about remembering, going back. That's one of the things that we're doing in this series. Going back, what did God say? What did God say? Remembering. I mean, that's kind of that, that's what the Holy Spirit's one of the Holy Spirit's roles in our life. When Jesus said, When I leave, I'm sending another, what he was saying is when the Holy Spirit comes, he actually says this: the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance everything that I've already told you. So one of the, the things that we are to do when it comes to his promises and prophetic words over our lives, okay, whether it's individual or corporate, is we have to follow up by going back and remembering. Number two is accountability. What I mean by accountability is that we are accountable to pray and believe, okay? And this is kind of, um, the, you know, depicted in Elijah. If you read 1 Kings chapter 17, he prophesies about the drought. He, he then begins to operate as though it is. He prays. And then in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 to 45, you read it. He prophesies to King Ahab that it's going to rain. Get your chariots ready. And then he goes and begins to pray. It says he put, uh, he got down and put his head between his legs, his head between his knees and began to pray. And he sent his servant seven times to go and look for if his prayers were answered, okay? So Elijah took responsibility, okay? He followed up, took responsibility, accountability, prayed and believed, and he positioned himself, which is number three, positioning. He positioned himself by getting his servant to go and look seven times. Do you see any signs that it's gonna rain? And eventually on the seventh time, the uh, Elijah's servant said, I see the, the, a cloud the size of a man's hand. But every time as Elijah was praying, as he was believing, as he was in a position and a posture, preparing the way for his word to come to pass, every time Elijah said to his servant, look again, look again, look again. Because often the answer to our prayers is in front of us but we're missing it because we're not looking. And so I believe the Holy Spirit is constantly telling us, look again, look again, look again, look over here, look over here. Look at what I am doing because I'm always doing something, especially when it comes to my promises over your life. The Bible says they're yes and they are amen. So this is so important as we launch into this series going back a bit. Super excited about this. Now, a good acronym for you to remember how to how to how to uh, position yourself like this is FAP. Everyone say FAP. Okay, that's my acronym for today. F A P. Okay, you have follow up, you have accountability, and you have positioning. If you look back at all the words that God has ever spoken to you or given to you uh, by somebody else, or maybe it was a dream, or maybe it was you were, at a, you were at a corporate gathering and you felt God gave you a promise, or let's just look at just the promises that are basic 
in the word of God. You don't need a dream. You don't need a prophetic word from somebody. You have the word of God, which is the greatest promise on the earth. And so just looking at the word of God, if there are things that are promised to you in the word of God, you need some fap in your life. You need to follow up, remember, go back, read the word. You need to um, be accountable by believing and expecting, and you need to be positioning yourself. How are you looking for the outcome? Are you looking for the evidence, or are you just waiting for it to come for it to come to you? You see, Elijah got in a position and then told his servant to go. Sometimes you have to go out and look for the signs of your word or the words that God has promised us to see if there's any sign or evidence that they are coming to pass. And so we're going to dive into a message that actually was given to me in the end of December, okay? Now, if you've been tracking with us live and in person, I shared um, this word. I shared a part of what you're going to see in a second. I shared a part of it in our uh, leadership training on the first Sunday of January 2020. I had the word in the end of December, but I shared it for the first time January, I don't remember which day it was, but it was the first Sunday of January 2020. And then uh, in March, March 1st, uh, just three months later, I shared it in the context of a message. Now, on March 1st, that was simply two Sundays before everything went online, which Interestingly enough, on March 1st, none of us knew we were about to move into a global pandemic or at least a North American pandemic. None of us knew the outcome, but I feel like God did. Of course, God did. And I, sometimes when we prophesy or share prophetic words, we have no idea how they're going to, you know, how they're going to uh, play out. But man, when I look back on March 1st and hearing what I said, the message was called Going Deeper. Uh, a prophetic directive for 2020, a prophetic directive for the season. That was what the message was called. And let me just tell you, two weeks later, we go into quarantine. Everything's on lockdown. If there was ever a, a time to go deeper and get a hold of what God is saying and, and align ourselves with God's prophetic directives for the season, it was in that moment and it's right now. And so we're gonna bring you in, come with me a little bit, and we're gonna do some commentary on that message. Let's check it out. In the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives, and all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. There's something important about knowing the signs of the times. This is why we need to have a relationship with God. This is why religion is not enough. This is why rules aren't enough. This is why relationship with God is everything. This is why it's so important that we live out John 10 verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. We cannot be led by someone we do not hear and recognize. Yeah. Let me just stop there for a second as we launch into this a little bit. Uh, just to echo what I just said it's so valuable for us to make, in our relationship with God, the voice of God a priority. How can we follow someone that we are not able to recognize when it is that he speaks? How can we be led if we do not hear and recognize? And all the more, how do we know how to position ourselves in life if we don't know the signs of the season or the times and the seasons that we are in? Such a valuable pursuit in our life and in our relationship with God. You know, the Bible uh, is our framework, is our biblical framework. It's the foundation. Uh, uh, of course, Jesus is the cornerstone. The Bible is our foundation and framework from which we build uh, the filter to help us learn to, to understand when it is God and when it's not of God. But our life really is a wrestle in this area to really know what God is saying for every new season that we are in. And I'm not talking about fall, spring, winter, and summer. I'm talking about the spiritual seasons that God brings us through, the ebbs and flows that God brings us through. Let's go back. The voice of God is so important in any relationship. The voice of your spouse is important. The voice of your friendships are important. The voice of your coworkers and your working relationships are important. How can you be who you're supposed to be in any environment without hearing a voice? 
Well, exactly. how much more in relationship with the one who created you, knowing his voice equals knowing the signs of the times to know what you ought to do. It's amazing. Knowing where you ought to go, knowing how you are to position yourself. This is what I hope that you come out with every Sunday, every week. You come out with knowing a little more about what you, are ought to, what you ought to do with your life and position your life spiritually, align yourself spiritually so that you can come into whatever it is that God has for you. And we see it all the time because when God is invited into your process, your process looks a lot different. Absolutely. We have to invite God into our process, especially in this season. If we don't invite God into our process, we're going to be walking alone in the process. And walking alone in the process is usually where confusion hits us, fear begins to take over, and the things that we once valued in life no longer become values because it's like we've rejected God in our process. We wanted to go through it alone. It's like we don't want people in our life. I said it earlier in just a few uh, a few seconds prior to me stopping it that you know we need the voices in our life. So many people when they're going through a hard time, it's like everyone get away from me. Let me go through it alone. That is not how you were designed. You were created. You were coded. You were designed for relationship. And sometimes the loudest part of the voice of God is found only in community and relationship. You are created for that. Let's, let's continue on. Let's read Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Now it happened that while Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding all around him and listening to the word of God, that he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3. Verse. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little distance from the shore. And he sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. Because, you know, first of all, I don't know if you understand this, but especially on the Sea of Galilee, but really anywhere, water acts uh, sort of as an amplification, yep. just as hillsides do, for, for talking. And so they didn't have microphones back then. And so often Jesus would actually teach from the water in a boat to the crowds because the water would amplify it. It's like, you know, if you're at a cottage and you think nobody can hear you on the shore, but your little conversations on the water, on the kayak, the little private conversations, everybody's listening. It's amplifying your tune. It's amplifying what it is that you're saying, okay? So he's out there in a boat, and, uh, which was Simon Peter's. And as he sat down and began teaching the crowds from the vote, verse 4, he says this, says, he says, um, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep, everyone say deep. Deep. Deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish because maybe you're too much on the surface right now. Mm, you're not deep enough. I think this is really good. I want to stop here because I think for a lot of us, this quarantine, this pandemic has exposed the depth of our relationship with God. It's exposed the superficial reality of our relationship with God for many. Maybe the depth was only as deep as our physical gathering for many people. They relied on Sunday to Sunday. But it was like God was off limits to them you know, for six other days of the week. Stuff like this, challenges like this, seasons like this really have a way of bringing to the surface the true version of something in or that you call valuable in your life. And I'm praying that um, that we would go deeper in this season and that we would throw our nets in the deep areas and cast out into the deep. Like I'm mentioning here in the scripture, it's so sometimes we're, we're working on the surface and don't realize it, but then one word from God to change the position, to change where you're putting your nets changes everything. And that's my hope for this season is that we'd all dive a little deeper and get a hold of exactly what God is saying so we could position ourselves and see what God is saying come to pass. Let's continue on. Some of you aren't deep enough right now in your relationship with God to hold on to the catch he wants to give you. Some of you are scratching the surface by the way you position your spiritual life. You're simply scratching the surface, therefore, and you're wondering why you don't have the, 
the, the breakthrough in an area of your life where you're literally moving and advancing yeah. because if he were to give you what he wants to give you in the deep, when you're not in the deep, it would crush you. It's really good. It would destroy you. You wouldn't be able to manage it. So go a little deeper because they had been out all night trying to catch fish, trying to have that breakthrough moment to get the more than enough that they knew they could get because they were fishermen. Nothing is happening. This is also before, you got to understand this, even though in other gospels it shares it a little bit differently. This is before uh, these guys, John and James and Peter, were called as disciples and left their livelihood to follow Jesus. So this is the really the introduction to their future rabbi, ra- rabbinical teacher. This is the introduction to their rabbi, to their, their master, to the one that was going to mentor their lives for three and a half years and change everything. This was the introduction point, okay? Jesus borrows Simon's boat. They don't have a relationship yet. The reports about Jesus had spread. People knew about Jesus. He was healing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, miraculous things. The stories had been told, but this was the introduction to adopting Peter, James, and John as future disciples. Amazing. So he says here, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. Verse 5, Simon replied, Master, we worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, everyone say at your word. It's very important. At your word. See, when God, it's so important to know the times and seasons because to know the times and seasons, you have to know yep. his word. At your word, I will do what you say. At your word. myself like at to your get word. into the place you're calling me, calling me to get into. Without knowing his word, without knowing his voice, you will miss out on the big catch of your life. We don't want to miss out on the catch of our life. When Jesus says it, we can trust in him that he will do it. But we have to act. We have to move. We have to lean in. And it's so important what I'm talking about here. If we can just get a hold of that over and over again. Peter said we've been trying all night. Some of us have been trying all for the last five years or ten years or three years. We've been trying in our own strength without his word. But then all of a sudden it's like, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to reposition my focus and it's at your word, not my word. I've been trying at my word. I've been trying at with my objectives, with my vision. But at your word, I'm going to turn my attention towards what you're saying. Lean in because maybe something different, the results, the outcomes just may be a little different than my own. God has a catch for you. Are you here this morning? God has a catch for you. But you got to continue, continue to listen to his leading in every season so you don't miss the catch. Put out into the deep water, lower your nets for a catch of fish. Simon replied, Master, we were called all night to the point of exhaustion, caught nothing in our nets, but at your word I will do as you say and lower the nets again. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. So when did the breakthrough moment happen? When they did what Jesus said to do. Here's the thing. So many people are looking for the next thing. When you do and they didn't finish the last thing. What Jesus says. So many people you want do. the next thing. God, give me the word for this next season yep. when they haven't seized and stewarded the word from the last season. Big deal. It's a big deal. God said, I want you to step out and do this, and you didn't do it because of fear. And then you're wondering, okay, what's the next thing? I'm bored. Well, you didn't do what I told you to do in the last season. That would actually remove your boredom from you yep. because of fear. It's been robbing you over and over again. And now you're complaining to me about you being disconnected and you not hearing me or whatever the yep. case may be, whatever your complaint Massive. to God is. And you're wondering what, why things aren't happening the way you want them to happen. Maybe it's because at his word in the last season, you didn't listen. Yep. And that's why there is no word in this season for you because you don't need one. You already have a word. You got the same word three times, five times, ten times. Yeah. God's getting annoyed by saying it to you. <laughs> God is getting annoyed. He's like, <laughs> Quite come possibly. on, just listen to the word. At your word, you want it the breakthrough, listen to the word. Quite at possibly. your word, Peter said, and as a result of at your word listening, Peter caught the fish. A great number of This is huge. And I said it, I think I reiterated it and repeated it. This is the whole premise of why we are in this series right now by called Going Back a Bit. We have to go back a bit in our life. In fact, some of us need to go back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, five years, two years, 
Some of the things, the frustrations right now in our life, let me tell you this, revolve solely around things that we're trying to get that God is not going to give us. What do I mean by that? We're trying to get something new. We're trying to get the next step. When God is saying, I already gave you the step five years ago and you didn't take it. So you're still on ground level. You're frustrated, but I already gave you the first step and you didn't do it. I gave you the idea. I gave you the dream. I gave you the vision. Or maybe the step that you did do, you're not content with and you're like wanting to get off the step. God's like, no, I never told you to get off the step. Stay on the step. Be content. Trust me in this season because eventually the next step will come. Get a hold of what God has said so that you can position yourself for what God will say. Such a word for us. A great number of fish and their nets were at the point of breaking. Verse seven, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats with fish so that they began to sink. Now, it's interesting because when you begin to walk in favor and people get around your favor, they begin to walk in favor. Yeah. If you want to grow up, hang around people that are grown up. You want to be wise, hang around the wise. If you want to get better at what you do, hang around people that do what you are doing or want to do. Yep. Because their favor rubs off on you. So what happened? The people that weren't even in this scenario were watching at your word, Peter listing, this breakthrough moment happens. They can't even bring up the fish. It's breaking their nets. They signal to their partners, hey, do you want in on this favor? Get around the favor and you'll get some too. Good word, Sean. Good word. Massive key, you guys. If you want to move and advance in life, get around people that are advancing and moving in life. Great reminders. You want a healthy marriage? Get around people that have healthy marriages. Guys, it's common sense, but yet it's not lived out. It's very much common sense. I mean, it's both common sense and yet it's spiritual. And yet for some reason, when we need things the most, we isolate the most. Why? I don't get it. Right? When we we need relationships the most is when we often isolate the most. When we feel the best about ourselves, we do the best for our lives. But when we actually need something the most, we do the opposite. Human nature. Human nature. (laughs) I said it. (laughs) I literally just said, I literally just said what I said live without even knowing I said it. That's how in unison I am with my old self. Um, So powerful. Man, I'm getting, I'm like getting rocked by this right now. It's so powerful. Uh, I think we, we really have to address the elephant in the room here. And it's something that's in every uh, season of our life. This elephant in the room seems to come, come with every hard season where we go through a hard season and the very thing we need, we somehow begin to do the opposite. We want to retract when we don't feel good about ourselves or we're going through a hard time. And yes, I get it. There's variables and there's elements around the fact that we need time to process and think, but that's not kingdom, you guys. The kingdom is all about family and family is there for family when family's going through a hard time. And if people are reaching out to you to support you, to lift you up, let them do it because I'm telling you, you will not stay in that unhealthy space or painful space for as long as you have to or as long as you will if you just let people in. Let them in. Let them help you do what you need to do, not just what you want to do. What you want to do when you're going through a hard time is isolate. Things don't make sense. I'm disappointed. Hope deferred. Like I said last week, Proverbs Proverbs 13 makes the heart sick. I feel sick inside. God's not answering my prayers. I'm not seeing the thing that I thought God said had come to pass. And so I'm angry, angry at people, angry at, at God, you know, and somehow the name of the church that I'm a part of gets into that mix as well. When simply the church is simply just people and people didn't really do anything. It's just that we're trying to find something to blame often, okay? Here's the thing. Take ownership. Own it. And say, God, okay, what, what are you doing in me? 
Maybe instead of asking the question, why is this not happening? And why did it not happen the way that I thought it was gonna happen? What are you doing in me, God? How is my character being sculpted, like I talked about last week, as I endure in this process, stand under the pressure of the pain that I'm under, rather than isolating, letting people in, how is letting people in a part of God sculpting the character of my life so that I can have a revived hope again? I'm giving a little plug to the last week's message. If you haven't watched it, watch it, revive the hope. How can uh, me being strong and standing and letting God sculpt my character be the very catalyst that launches me forward to position myself to receive all that God has already Promise me. Let's continue on. And pull you and push you into the place you need to be rather than the place off that you want to be. When you want to be alone is when you need people the most. Yes. I just said that. So they caught the, their, the favor rubbed off on these guys, verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me for I am a sinful man. He had an awareness of this guy is not like any other guy. He's special. Fear entered his heart, for he and all his companions were completely astounded at the catch of fish which they had taken, verse 10. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon, have no fear. From now on, you will be catching men. I'm introducing you to a new lifestyle. Everything that you've been training for, everything that you've been doing is simply a mirrored reflection of the spiritual depth and the spiritual call over your life no longer are you going to catch fish you're going to catch men you're going to bring men into the kingdom you're going to bring men into an encounter with me verse 11 and after they had brought their boats to land they left everything and followed him becoming his disciples believing and trusting in him and following his example all in i want to talk for a few moments today about this concept of going deeper everyone say going deeper that was just my introduction. Now we're diving in. Wow, that was a long introduction, Sean. This is why I was talking about in the beginning about knowing the voice of God, knowing the signs of the times, because when we get to know his voice, we get what we call prophetic directives. The word prophetic is not what often people think it is, just about the future and about, yep. you know, the end times, all these different things. The prophetic simply just be, is a relaying of that. the heart and mind of the father yep. of God as a good father in your life into situations and over people's lives. So to get a prophetic directive is to simply lean in at his word and say, I'm going to position myself to pray this through yep. in this next season. The word that directs So this is really a prophetic actions. message, not really a teaching, but a prophetic message that I believe if you would embrace will shift things for your life in this next season. I say season because for some of you, it's two years. Wow. For some of you, it's five years. For some of you, it's one year. It's 2020. For some of you, it's three months. I, everybody's season is differently. The thing that determines how long your season is, is your ability to surrender over and over yeah. again. Israel had a 40 year season. Yeah. And in that season, a whole generation died because they failed over and over again to surrender. We can graduate by surrendering. Number one attack season. over uh, the nation of Israel is in the wilderness was a spirit of complaining. That every time things didn't go their way, they would complain their way into death. A complaining their way pandemic. into death, meaning they literally invested over and over again through complaining and through grumbling into the stock called you're going to die in the wilderness. And eventually that stock would be sold and they would die, and they did. Into the stock called. So only the people that die. were born that in the wilderness actually made it into the promised land that they, their fathers and forefathers had talked about believing for. I don't want to be that guy that dies in the wilderness or dies during that, this dude. process because I'm complaining or Your grumbling. ability to exit a season is largely determined by your ability to surrender over yes. and over and over again. Oh, Jesus, again. we surrender in this season again over and over again. I don't know if you're hearing again. this. So I, I want to take you a little deeper this morning i believe god is raising up people that are going to go deep in this season yep when i say deep maybe right now you're on the surface you come to church and it's good it's all good you love you're, you're here you get your little fix you go home you feel great for 24 hours and then life hits you you don't know how to manage it let me just tell you this going deeper is learning how to manage life when it hits you yep Going deeper is learning how to manage discouragement when it hits you. Peter and his friends were discouraged at the, all the effort they had put into all night fishing and catching nothing. 
I think this is so important. We are designed to manage life. We are designed to manage the things that come at us. We are not designed to be managed by those things. God's heart is that you would not be managed by this pandemic, but you would manage it. God's heart is not that you'd be managed by discouragement or disappointment or hope deferred over and over again or failure or, or some sort of thing that's, that's trying to, to hold you back, but that you would learn as the kingdom person that you are, as the son, the daughter of God that you are, that you would learn to be led by the spirit and effectively manage all of those things to, to literally see yourself move through those things, okay? Things you can't always control that, that, that happen to you. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you react and move through those things by making a conscious choice over and over again to not let them manage you, but for you to manage them. Anybody ever gone fishing and caught nothing? Yes, I have gone fishing many That's times. That's the number one nothing. reason why I don't like fishing. Yeah, I said it, see? If I don't get any bites within the first hour, True. I just don't think anything's gonna happen. And I, you know, I, I'm not passionate enough about it to stay out there. Now, if I'm with a bunch of people, we're having good conversation. That's a little different. But if I'm with my kids it's only sunfish. and I'm fishing and nothing's happened, not yeah. only am I getting bored, they're getting really bored. Unless they catch sunfish. And if they're bored, they're annoyed. And if they're annoyed, I'm annoyed. And so I don't want to be fishing. But these guys were discouraged, felt like a failure. These were trained fishermen. Rough, rugged, I mean, they knew how to fish. This was their livelihood. Nothing, discouragement, failure. Nothing's happening. Yep. Doors closed. A lot of us feel that way in this season. They made one little adjustment and everything changed. One adjustment. I want to share three things. Just one really right quickly, move. I want to share three things that in the end of December, I felt God speak to me very clearly. Okay, here they're, we go. They're kind of, they sound cliche-ish. They... They rhyme, so they might be cringy for some of you, but this is how God showed it to me, yep. okay? I don't, I don't always get rhymes, and, True. you know, um, this is not, is not always this, the way that God speaks to me, but God gave me these three rhymes, things that connect rhymes for you to remember, for me to remember. I know it's for you. I know it's season, for me. I know it's for this house, but here's the thing. Only 60% of you realistically probably will grab a hold of this. Come on, who are my 60% out That there? may sound discouraging, but it's a reality. It's a reality. Just like Jesus chose 12 disciples and says in one of you, and one of them was a devil. He, he knew one of them would betray him. He knew all of them would leave him when he would die on the cross. They'd forget about everything he had just taught them for three and a half years. It's just human nature. We forget. But every so one easy. of you has a choice to be that 60% right now. It'd be awesome if that 60% was 100% of you. Come on, that's what I'm believing. Trying to figure that one out in your mind. Get it. All of us. You could be at 60%. It. Be the person that grabs a hold of it and literally goes deeper with it in this season. Here's the thing, though. You have to fight it through. Yes. Have to fight it you through. have to fight it through to win in this season you Spiritual have to anime. know how to fight it through in prayer and wrestling and yep. going after it believing for it positioning yourself for it even if it takes you five years yep. even if it takes you two years even if it takes you one year it's 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 stuff i believe that god wants to put inside of you to change you so encouraged by myself right now. number one this is what he showed me Crazy. showed me three things this is so good he said, Sean, in 20, there is plenty. In 20, there is plenty. In 20, there is plenty. It's a word. He was speaking of the year 2020. There's a, uh, I believe, there's a, God wants to encourage us yeah. to believe, not just for the needs being met in life. And I'm not just talking about finances. It could be relationally. It could be financially. It could be emotionally. Yeah. It could be mentally. And we just get by. You know what it feels like just to have your needs met? You just get by. You follow what I'm saying? You live spirit, emotional paycheck to paycheck. You live emotional or mental paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You live literally paycheck to paycheck. You just get by in every area and your needs are met and it's all great. And you understand one of the names of God, which is Jehovah Jireh, means the one who provides. You get a hold of that. You get that. Yeah. You live that out. But God wants you to move into plenty in this next season. For some of you, it's going to be this year in 2020. For some of you, it's something you're going to be wrestling with for the next few years.
Come on, that's good. To get into the space where you know God does not want you just to barely make it anymore. You've heard it said we are called to not just survive, but to thrive. It's true. No matter how cliche that may sound, and no matter how cliche the word that I gave as point number one, which was about in 20, there is plenty. And I, I said over and over again, and I've actually, even all throughout the beginning of the year, I re-emphasize this word to our community. And, you know, I even shared a video on our YouTube channel. You can watch it, you can share it, you can re-watch it. I talk about, I break down these three words. And number one, we're on number one right now. In 20, there is plenty. Where we're moving from just understanding God as Jehovah Jireh, which means God the provider. So he gives us what we need to the other name of God, El Shaddai, which means he's the God of more than enough. It's often easier to believe God that he'll just provide what we need. But sometimes in and of ourselves, we feel unworthy to have more than enough. And like I said, I'm not just talking about finances. I'm not just talking about one area of our life. In a season, and like once again, like I shared this the beginning of January, and I shared it throughout, and then I shared it again in the context of a message called Going Deeper, which is what we're doing right now on March 1st, two weeks later. We go into this like North American and even uh, lots of places around the world, global lockdown where everything is being tested. Our faith is being tested. You know, if God said what he said, then, you know, how is it going to pan out? This is a season where I said over and over again, we need to wrestle for these words that in 20, there's plenty. God, in the midst of this pandemic, when there's loss, economic shaking, instability, that somehow... I am going to find treasure in darkness, which is what the prophet Isaiah prophesies about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find treasure in darkness. I'm gonna find the diamond in the rough. I'm gonna find the gold where, where nobody's looking. I'm gonna find you, God, in this process as I walk with you, as I lean into you. Maybe there's things that you spoke to me like 10 years ago that I could never do, but now because of the season, I can do. Whatever that is for you, I don't know what it is. But I believe it's a word for you that in 20, there is plenty emotional support, mental support, relational support, financial support, and whatever else it is that you need. I believe there's plenty and God wants to show you that he is El Shaddai, that he's a God of more than enough. But we need to wrestle for this directive to come into uh, our our reality by evidence in this season. Let's continue on. Just to barely make it. Like you're barely holding on. It says here, it says here, Peter is told to put out into the deep. Then it says, at your word I will. And you say, and I, he lowered the nets again. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Great number. That great number enough. was pronounced. Probably in previous moments and times, they were catching fish. They were doing well. But there was something special about this breakthrough number. It was different yeah, than all the word. other times. A great it was number. a breakthrough number. Plenty. Man, it was like so big, they, the nets were beginning to break. They needed help to bring it in. That yep. probably wasn't a normal situation. They weren't expecting that. But there was plenty. There was more than they expected. I believe this is your word for, God. for 2020. I believe this is your word for this next season. That if you feel, and maybe you feel like you have more than enough. Well, my prayer is that you'd have even more. Yep. Not to be selfish, but so you can be even more generous with your time. Come on. With your gifts, with your relationships in every area. Because you have an abundance. This is the nature of God. And that's so true. I think a lot of us feel like this guilt um, because of mindsets that we have that, um, you know, we don't deserve it. I kind of mentioned this earlier. We don't deserve more than enough. But that's actually not, you know, sons have an inheritance, an inheritance is something that you did not work for, that you are freely given. Daughters have an inheritance. I mean, we can read it all throughout Scripture. The whole gospel is about inheritance. It's about us being co-heirs with the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Father. That is a promise over us. We are connected to the Abrahamic blessing. I mean, we have a promise of greatness, of inheritance over our life, and we need to live like that if we're going to apprehend it. And I mean live like that, meaning in our mindsets, you guys. We have a mindset of poverty. 
We need a mindset of prosperity. And when you hear prosperity often from a preacher, you think he's talking about houses and cars and material things. No, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having a prosperous mindset where you begin to believe that you're so valuable that you are worth the inheritance because the son of of God, Jesus, died on the cross to make you a co-heir, to literally bring you side by side as a Siamese twin. You were called a co-laborer. This is, this is amazing uh, a truth that we need to live out, but it starts with the mindset. Do I believe that God wants to give me more than enough? Do I believe that there are plenty of relationships for me that if I just lean in, God will give me what I need to not only survive in this season, but to thrive in this season. Let's continue on. Some of you have been pre-programmed to have a poverty mentality. Yeah, here I'm Poverty saying has nothing to do in the case of spiritual poverty yeah, so much with on the money same or wealth as we know, material possessions. It has everything to do with a mindset of your self-worth. Having a poverty mentality is between the ears. It yep. says you're not worth it. You're not good enough. So it's, it's okay. I, I'm just going to barely make it. You've been pre-programmed. Like as record. long as you survive, you're in a good place. Yep. God does not want you to survive. The gospel's never been about you surviving. It's about you thriving. <laughs> I haven't watched I this, by the way. That. So it's funny that we're actually the saying the same thing. The gospel message that we talk about every Lord, Sunday has never we, been about you me. surviving life, but is everything has always been about you thriving yep in every area of life. Because as you thrive, you grow in influence. As you grow in influence, guess what happens? You begin to live out your purpose, which is people, to impact people's lives. If you're barely surviving, you're missing out on the kind of impact and influence God has for you. And if that's your situation right now, this is why we're talking about this, so that you grab a hold of it, go deeper in 2020, and start believing that no longer are you just going to survive, you're going to begin to thrive. Let's go deeper. 2020, we're still in it. But you have to dive a little deeper. Dive a little deeper. There I rhymed again. Okay, verse 6. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were at the point of breaking. I, I love, and I did a series years ago on Psalm 23, and I broke down every week. There's six verses, and I broke down every verse. That was a great series. As one of, I don't know if anybody remembers 23. this. It was with us back then. We did a series called Psalm 23. It was called 23. Do you remember that? I still have the CDs. And, uh, uh, you know, verse 1. One of my favorite verses is a verse from that David wrote, the psalmist David, who, who was king of Israel, the second king, the greatest king Israel ever had. And uh, he was a worship leader uh, taking care of sheep. And so he understood what a shepherd was because he was a shepherd. Yeah. So when he goes through this psalm, he's like literally living out his own words. He's talking about God, but he's talking it from the vantage point of he's lived this out. He understands what shepherds do for their flock. And he opens up Psalms 23, which many of you would know. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But the word actually is not what want as we think it is. Like, I shall not want like material possessions or I shall not want like good things in my life. That's not what he's talking about. The word want actually means lack. Yep. So the real way to say it is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. In other words, I will have everything always that I need and more to not just survive, but to thrive. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Say it, I shall not lack. Get it out of your mouth. Hear yourself say it. And once again, this is not about finances, you guys. It could be for you. But yep. maybe it's relationally it you lack right now. Maybe it's emotionally you lack right now. Maybe it's confidence you lack right now. Maybe it's security and, and, and you know, maybe just knowing who you are as a, as in your identity in Christ. Maybe, maybe you lack these, these basic foundations in your life and it's robbing you. Let that be a prayer in this season. Positioning yourself to make the statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I've been saying this. 23 verse 1. Faith does not move God. Book of Psalm. It moves you. Faith does not move God, it moves you. To receive everything God's already promised and given to you. Yep. Faith moves us. Giving you the buffet. You're over here. The buffet is over there. Everything that you've ever desired and wanted is over there. So if faith doesn't move God, faith does not move the table closer to me. Faith moves me closer to the table. 
Faith moves me closer to the table. It's so good. Here's the thing, because people think, oh, your, your good efforts, your good behavior, your faith, your powerful faith moves God. No, God's like, I'm always moving. God's I'm always knocking on the door of your heart. I've blessed it. you with every spiritual blessing in yep. Christ Jesus. I've actually, I am a, you are my co-heir. Yep. You are my co-laborer. As I've given everything to my son, I've also given everything to you. Mind you blowing. are on the seed of Abraham. Everywhere your feet goes, you will occupy just as Abraham was promised that. he would occupy. It's true. It's in you. It's in your DNA. Yep. The table has been set. All you have to do is move towards it. This should be one of those TikTok videos. Here's the videos. thing. You have a choice. God will never force himself on you to come into a deeper revelation of who he is. It's at your word I move. At your word I reposition my nets. Yep. God's not forcing you to put your nets down again. You have to do it. Nothing else needs to be said. This God's is amazing. God's not forcing you to step out and do what you don't want to do because you're scared all the time. God wants you to step out. Yeah, let's step out in this season. You tracking with me here? Start that thing. Do that thing. God didn't say, move. go out and wait for me. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. Go out and wait for me to bring the sick to you. He said, go out and heal, heal the, the sick. sick. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. It's not you that's healing the sick. Well, yeah, he's given you the authority and the power to go do the stuff he told you you could do. So go do it and let him do it with you. But what if COVID-19 gets on me? No, he didn't say that. He we have a sovereignty mentality where we wait for everything. Sovereignty means it happens despite what you do. But listen, listen you live 5% of your spiritual life in sovereignty. Well, God's always sovereign Probably 100% accurate. of the time. Don't get me wrong. But the majority of your spiritual 5%. life is you moving into, by faith, position to walk out what God's called you to do. To steward what he's given you. God says give your, your finances to something. He doesn't take it out of your bank account and do it for you. Yep. He wants you to experience it because he's he growing you, not himself. He wants us to experience himself. the faith journey. Not growing his faith. He doesn't just do it on he's behalf of you. us. You got to do it. He's told you to do it. He's promised you what would happen. You do it. You step out. Watch what happens. Go grow your muscle. Go to the gym. Yeah. Push Sit at home, weight. eat potato chips, watch reality TV show, and you're going to be, you're going to be this jacked bodybuilder. No, you got to go to the gym. Yeah. You got to, you got to go do the, put the work in. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? You got to oh. put the work in. Glasses off. You got to put the time Game over in. now. And I'm not promoting like all your good behavior and your good works and effort. But I'm saying is as you move in faith, you move towards the buffet. Man, in a buffet, there's lots of good options. I'm not talking about the Mandarin here. I'm talking about heaven's buffet. It's like Michelin 10 star, heaven's buffet, like the best of the best. It's all there for you, but you got to move towards it. In 20, there is plenty. Okay, so unfortunately, and I just realized this now, like I said, you know, I hadn't watched this video and uh, it was kind of more of a live, spontaneous, you know, commentary on it. But I just found out right now that we actually somehow... The last two points of this message were cut. And so we end on the first one, which is in 20, there is plenty. But I have a little bit of a backup solution for us. I actually made, while I was in Brazil, in the beginning of February, I made a little bit of a three and a half minute clip where I give an overview of the word that God gave me in December, uh, which are the three things that I had mentioned that we began to watch just a few moments ago. So I'm gonna play that now and we're gonna shift, okay? But it's gonna go over the first point again and then I'm gonna make some commentary on the last two. Let's go for it. Hey everyone, back in the end of December, I really felt God speak to me three things that I believe would shape this next season of our lives. Before this whole pandemic took place, I had three things that God gave me. I know they will encourage you. I know they'll give you perspective for the season. And I had an opportunity to, to record them when I was in Brazil in the beginning of February. And so check this video out. I know it's a word from God for this season. I know if you would apply these things in this season, you're gonna come out of this season yep. even stronger. Still believe check it. this video out. Hey everyone, I know that we're already into the year 2020. But I want to encourage you, I, I want to share something that God spoke to me in the end of 2019 as I came into 2020. There's three things that I really felt God speak to me to encourage the, the church at large, to encourage you um, for this year, for this season. However long the season may be for you, 
I believe there are three things that God wants to do really specifically. And they might sound cheesy or even cliche because they rhyme, but I believe Once again, this was before actually an encouragement the from pandemic God hit. I was actually today. in Brazil. Uh, the first thing he spoke to me was that in 20, in 20, there is plenty. I believe that in this year, yep. you're going to begin to discover in a whole new way that God is not only the God of enough, He is the God of more than enough. God wants to show you that He is an abundant God, that yep. although you've had your needs met, it's time 10, to 10. break through into a little bit more. God wants to give you and show you that there, with Him, there's plenty, plenty left over, not just enough to meet the need, bare bones need, but there's plenty that He's the God of more than enough. One of His names is El Shaddai, which means the God of more than enough. So in 20, I believe you're gonna encounter the plenty. The yep. second thing he showed me was go. that this Number year two. you're losing fear. Ooh. This year you're losing fear. Yes, I know it rhymes and it may be a little cheesy, but this is how God showed it to me. This Jesus, year okay. you're losing fear. I know that scripture says that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, power. love, and of a love. sound mind. I know wow. that to be true. We believe that this year Great something's verse. gonna break in you. Come on, in something's gonna seasons, break like in, in 2019 you. and years prior, where fear has stopped you, where fear has paralyzed you. I believe that in 2020, God is breaking the power, the power of, fear of fear in a really powerful way off you. It's a year where you're gonna step out into things that used yep. to paralyze you with fear in previous seasons. Season. It's time to walk, it's time to run. I wanna encourage you, it's the year that you're losing the fear. And the third thing that God Okay, let's stop there for a second. If there was ever a time where this is so relevant, it's now. I'm Like I said, it was December, I had the word, shared it in January, recorded it in February, recorded it again on March 1st, all before we entered into, I mean, even the hysteria of people buying up toilet paper. I don't know about you, but if there was one way that I would define that, it would be because people went into fear, fear of not having what they needed to do their business. But let me just tell you this, when fear begins to dictate your decisions, no longer are you in faith. You are not in faith if fear is driving the car. We want faith to drive the car and often these two will clash. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of fear that may stop you from doing stupid things like going into the middle of traffic, but you don't need fear to tell you not to do that, you just need wisdom. It's wisdom, it's common sense that if you go into traffic on a highway, you're probably gonna get hit. But there's a fine line between wisdom and unhealthy fear in our life, okay? And once again, this kind of fear is not the fear of God where, that we've talked about in messages past. This is a different kind of fear. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind. He's given us what we need to move, to walk, and to run, okay? And that's not driven by fear. Like I said, if there was ever a time where we have to lose some fear, it's now I mean look at this like there was a time when walking into a bank okay with a mask on wearing a hoodie was not a good thing okay I mean you can just watch movies you don't need a history lesson for that and now everybody wears masks I'm not saying that this is fear necessarily but I am saying that we are in a season where fear seems to be knocking around every corner, knocking around every door of our lives. And so we wear this, yes, to protect ourselves. You can see it's a beautiful, nice KC quarantine for revival. I don't know where the hashtag is, KC mask. But here's the thing, you guys, okay? Fear is trying to take us out this year and rob us of starting the things that we feel called to start because of the what if this happens. Because of, uh, let's say, what if I get COVID if I hang around even the government-sanctioned bubble, okay? Let me just tell you, there's fear. There's, yes, there's godly wisdom. We wanna be wise, we wanna be smart, we wanna do what we can. But there's a line that we can easily cross where we move into fear. I mean, even if you just look at, 
the gospel. You look at the life of Jesus. It says here in, in Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus called the 12. He gave them authority to cast out devils and to heal every kind of disease and illness, okay? There were no illnesses that they were afraid of. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you need to go out and just hang around a bunch of COVID-19 patients and people. I'm not saying that. Don't twist my words. But what I am saying is that fear shouldn't be the driver as to why you do or don't do things. It should be, God, what are you saying? What's the wisdom in this? What's the wisdom? Yes, we want to walk in wisdom. But sometimes wisdom God's wisdom looks like foolishness because we're still called to pray for the sick. We're still called to reach out. I mean, the, the gospel, I mean, if you read Matthew 10 uh, a little bit later in verse 7 and 8, when Jesus is commissioning his disciples, it says this, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Listen to this one, cleanse those that have COVID-19. Cleanse the lepers, okay? Now, let me just tell you this, that in this culture, there were leper colonies and people with this skin disease were considered unclean. They did not hang out with people that did not have that disease. They hung around their own kind and so they felt rejected. They were the neglected of society and they come on the scene. What did Jesus do? Jesus like lavished his love on them, hugged them, got into their mess. You know, now leprosy, you know, sometimes what it would do is it would actually like melt away your skin. You know, you'd lose like, pieces of your body, your part of your nose would like melt off your body, your, your ears and things. And, and, and I mean, they were disfigured people often, but here Jesus says to the disciples, don't quarantine from the people that are being quarantined, go out and heal the sick. Now, once again, you're thinking, oh my gosh, what is Sean saying? I'm just saying that this is kingdom in the end, that we can't let fear drive our decisions and we need to believe for the eradication of this virus and continue to pray and continue to do what the gospel says to do, to preach and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. And that, in our culture today, if there was leprosy in North America, I think it would be kind of like the coronavirus. Those that are in quarantine. I mean, no one wants to be quarantined for 14 days. Imagine these lepers that lived a lifestyle of quarantine, a lifestyle of isolation. And yet Jesus said in his commission, he distinctly pointed those people out and said, don't let fear stop you. Okay. So now, and I know like, once again, I'm not just applying this to this area. I'm just saying if there was ever a season where fear was knocking at our door, it's now. I can take this off now, it's getting too hot. If there was ever a fear that, ever a season that fear is knocking at our door, it's now. And, and I believe it's a season where God wants us. And I believe it's a season where God is allowing us to move through some of the fear that's crippled us in the past, paralyzed us in, this, in the past. New fears have come up in this season. Fears from old have come up in this season. And it's a season where God wants us to walk in faith. How do we do that? Just continue every day. Surrender, I surrender, God. I feel, I'm not saying you don't feel the fear. You can feel the fear all you want. Just don't let it drive the car of your life. Don't let it drive the vehicle of your destiny. Don't let it be the deciding factor of everything you do or don't do. Man, we want faith to be in the driver's seat. Mr. Faith himself, Jesus. God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do? What's the fears in my life that you want me to go at and conquer? Like I said, I can feel them, but I don't want to be any longer dictated or governed by them. So this is a year where I believe God is exposing the fear in us and through us so that we can lose it. This year, we're losing some of the fear. Let's end 2020, you guys, with a new sense of faith over all the fear that's been trying to come at us. You probably heard the hashtag faith over fear as much as it's, I don't even know really why it's so controversial and it's true. I'd rather be in faith than fear. You can pick fear all you want. You can feel the fear, but I'd rather be li I'd rather be driven by faith than fear any day, okay? Just like I'd rather be over spiritual than under spiritual. It's just common sense to me. So let's continue on after that little rabbit trail showed me it was that in this season you're going to find your reason it was a good you one know, in every new season of life in there is a season new reason will find for your development reason. within the inside of our spiritual life 
If I'm going through something new in a new season, it's because there's a reason for it. God wants to develop a side of me, a new part of my character, give me a new refined version of myself. I believe that in this season, you're gonna find the reason as to not only why you've been through what you went through in previous seasons, but you're gonna know in this season all of the reason why it is you're up against what you're up against. You're gonna Good have word. clarity. In other words, you're gonna have perspective. You're gonna have a 2020 yep. realization of what God wants to do in and through you this year. So this season, you're gonna find your reasons. Number one, in 20, there is plenty. So that's great. So just to kind of camp out on the last point in this season, you're gonna find your reason. I feel like this is so profound for us because, and we're gonna be doing this next week. I preached a message all about um, understanding the value or the nature of God as the God of the crossover in our life and that he wants us to cross over and through challenging seasons and situations. And while we're crossing through, God wants us to gather some things up. And uh, we're gonna be talking about that next week. If you remember that message, it's gonna be so powerful. But uh, uh, we're gonna do a commentary on it again like we're doing on this one. But just to kind of give you a little bit of a taste test of that moving forward, like in this season, I think there are so many reasons why you are facing what you are facing. Now, I'm not saying God did it. I'm not saying that's bad theology. I'm not saying God is out to, you know, break your leg so he can heal your leg. No, I'm just saying life happens. And when life happens, God, remember, God is still always happening. And if we can find what God is doing when life happens, we will find a reason for us to continue to grow through the season. That's what I'm talking about. God wants to give you clarity. He wants to give you perspective and 2020 vision in this season of what, what kind of reasons are, or, or, or what are the reasons for the things that are happening or coming against you? And what, what will they produce in your life? How will, they, how will they transpire into transformation in your life? And so that's my prayer for you uh, in, in this message this morning is that you would get a hold of as we exit and, and leave, because that's basically it, that we would get a hold of uh, the, the reason as to where we are positioned right now. Like I said in the very beginning of the message, there, the reason why we're doing this right now, the reason why we're going back and looking over and we're in this series called Let's Go Back a Bit is because I want to do some follow-up. Remember the, remember the acronym FAP? I want to do some follow-up. Okay, I want to do some accountability. Yes, accountability. And also, I want us to have some positioning in our lives to see these things as we exit 2020, to see these things come to pass. But we, like I said in the beginning of the year, we got to wrestle for these things. We got to wrestle in prayer. We got to believe. We got to expect. We got to look again and again and again, just like Elijah said to his servant, look again. I prophesied and I prayed seven times that this cloud, the size of a man's hand would show up. It would be the beginnings of the thunderstorm or the beginnings of the drought being over. But here, we need to look for it. Let's, let's continue to pray until we see the evidence. And that's my prayer, that we would see the evidence of the things that God is speaking to us, not only as a community, but maybe you're not part of our kingdom culture community, but you track with us week in, week out. Maybe you're around the world somewhere. Whatever the case may be for you, I believe these words apply to you in Jesus' name. So I hope this encouraged you. I hope this blessed you. I feel super fired up right now. I feel like I was encouraged by all these things, and I hope they encouraged and did the same for you. Thank you so much for tuning in, kingdom culture. We love you, and we will see you next week.